2: Shall we begin? Uh, Excuse
1: me? No, 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 no. The line starts behind me.
0: Oh. Yes, sir. How can I help you?
1: I'll purchase these copies of Return of the Jedi and Revenge
0: of the Sith. That'll be 50 kroner.
1: Nay, nay. That will be 25 kroner. This coupon says buy one Star Wars movie and get the second one free.
0: That is only valid if both Star Wars movies are sequel films. Doesn't count for prequels or the original trilogy.
1: Well, my dear, I actually only want real Star Wars. Those sequels can barely be considered movies, let alone Star Wars. And unless I'm mistaken, it's not Star Wars without George Lucas. Even the prequels with the clones had Obi-Wan and... Hello there.
0: This coupon clearly states sequel trilogy only. That's all
1: wrong. That's totally insane. I'll report you to the consumer ombudsman. Is your boss around?
0: No, she's having lunch. Lunch.
1: Trying to figure out how to sell more worthless movies, maybe. Lunch. (laughs)
2: Lunch. General Kenobi.
1: (laughs) You are a bold one, and I am a bold one, ladies and gentlemen, with our disability movie pick. This is the Real Feels podcast. This is your host, Jack. We bring you a different movie of a different genre, a fortnightly. Fortnightly! And, uh, <laughs> and uh, this time around, I had the uh, the weird but blessed opportunity to present you with our disability film, which was 2015's A Man Called Uve. Yes. so
2: Jack
0: what made you pick
2: this film out of all the disabilities
0: I'm curious because I think you can you can uh, target multiple things that could be considered like a disability in this film I'm just curious as to what your uh inclination was
1: do you want me to go into how I found the movie or it. why
0: all I of picked it. it I I <laughs> think right. everyone so, so, wants to hear everything uh,
1: so this was I like I often watch, foreign films mostly japanese and korean but i do branch out from time to time so sometimes the the algorithm does jack a bonus and this time it was amazon prime and i had been watching a bunch of foreign films and it's like well if you watch this try this and the first one up was a man called uve and it was highly rated which usually doesn't happen like there was more than five people that said this movie was good, so I gave it a try. This is a, a Swedish film. It's based on a adaptation from a novel three years prior, twenty twelve. Uh, also, Swedish authors Frederick Bachman and I fell in love with this movie. I fell in love with the character because I see a lot of myself <laughs>
0: yeah. in Uve. You're an old curmudgeon.
1: <laughs> Plus, it's it's um you know it's not an action movie it's not uh, a mystery or a thriller this is a a story of the human condition and at first glance uve he's just your neighborhood asshole but when you look a little bit deeper you find out that uve is the opposite of that he's just a product of his his circumstances and I love the movie so much that I immediately downloaded the book onto my Kindle. Uh, and so when I drew disability genre for this last Bilbo Grab Baggins, like there was myriad disabilities I could have used as reason for picking this film. There's the obvious one of his wife, Sonia, being paralyzed. There was Rune. Uh, his best friend, oh, but not best friend, but then again, best friend, who was uh, disabled by a bad stroke, and then there's Uve himself, who I think is, you know, sometimes in life the disability can be emotional mm-hmm. and grief is is something that you have to deal with, or it deals with you, and I think that's the biggest story yes. is where Uve comes from where he goes but and i would how even he take
2: it, it a step further and say that it's not even just an emotional like disability he has he definitely has some type of asperger's or something where he's
1: he is like he's definitely on the spectrum exactly, i would agree with yeah you.
2: he uh, the way he kind of interacts with people and is
0: very anti-social to a, a i think he's very direct you know what I mean? Like, everything has yeah. an order and a purpose. That's kind of autistic. That's kinda kinda like how he, and... just how he is.
1: Well, one of the most touching moments of the film is when he's... And, and I think some of the backstory scenes of flashbacks are just yeah. amazing. And one of my favorite flashback scenes is when... You know he his house gets burnt down. His dad died. All right, so let's 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 go back to the beginning. beginning, So his childhood, his his his. Let's go back to all the bad stuff. So his mom dies when he's like seven or eight. Then he, as soon as he graduates high school, his dad dies. Literally. In a train yard accident when he gives him his final grades in high school.
0: Which is almost foreshadowed because he nearly died like that himself when he e- was a kid. Exactly.
1: And did you notice that the the, uh, the cemetery car. where his wife is buried, he had to cross a train track yeah. to get into that cemetery. So then uh, he, all he's got left now is the house and the white shirts. The The bureaucracy want to take it away from him because it's not up to code. So he... Gets it up to code. He rescues this family from a burning house across the way. The embers come light his house on fire. He tries to get the fire department put out, but the white shirts stop him. So now he's homeless. And he's just cleaning trains and sleeping on trains. And he wakes up to those red high-heeled shoes of Sonia, and he's got no money she buys his ticket and uh, he spends the next three weeks trying to find her on the same train and she's like instead of and he finally finds her instead of accepting his money for the ticket take me out to dinner and he's eating soup and she's having a meal and she says well why aren't you are you not hungry and he says well i ate beforehand now most of us, if we said that on a date, that would have been, like, <laughs> instantaneous, like, well, what the fuck? And so she's like, why? He's like, well, so you could you could order whatever you want. And I just love that scene where he's like, and I have to go
2: now. I'm not in the military. Queen tra- like, and she's, you can tell, like, she's kind of, like, going, like, uh-huh. I, and and I don't care. like, I, She I'm knows totally he's a good you. guy, like, but there's something eye. else going on. <laughs> yeah she just knocks over all like, the food like let's, let's make produce. a scene <laughs> in this restaurant
0: <laughs> <laughs> like and she might <laughs> like if
2: i'm
1: glad they stopped it at where it was like if she had started crawling up over the table Not that would have okay. been too much that would have been, been too much but but that's it's a it's a beautiful love story there's a beautiful love story amongst a lot of tragedy in this movie and i i think right. that's what i like it because it hits all my emotional buttons
0: it it's very impactful i think it's very honest i think it's a very honest movie in 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 its own right and even kind of like looking back at almost like kind of like i said like his job story like it's just constant tragedy and i mean even with if you take the book the one of the huge differences in the book from the movie is that like these guys show up to his house and they're telling him like oh Yep, this isn't up to code anymore. We're going to have to take it down. And he says in the movie, the you know, the narration is telling us, I never found out who they were. They never told me, like, where they came from. In the book, it's supposed to be an insurance man who tells him, like, hey, your house isn't up to code, and uh, we're going to have to take it down and whatnot. So, Ove, again, much like the movie, he spends time fixing up the house. The night of the fire, he buys an insurance policy in cash from this man. The night of the fire... He, he saves the family. He gets
1: grifted in the book, he, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he gets grifted in the book. He goes back and tries to take the insurance claim, and they're like, there is no insurance claim. What are you talking about? So he swindled out of the insurance money, which you know that they probably also sold an insurance claim to this other family. And it seems like the houses were set on fire on purpose. Like, why on earth would they be there that night? Yeah. You know it had to be them, especially them saying, like, stop. Stop trying to like, you know, uh, uh, put out the fire. The house is already like registered to be demolished. Let it burn to the ground, which to me is just it's so heartless. Like, I mean, you don't you don't even want to let him like rush back inside to like grab something like let me grab my mother's picture or let me grab my father's watch. I mean, he it's just like, no, let it burn. all. Let it burn to the ground. It's so terrible.
1: And this is one of the the few great instances where the, the younger version and the older version, they really work together well of Uvi. And like there's sort of the young, sort of naive earnestness of the young version, and and but the by the time you get to the old Uvi, like you know when he's going on his rounds and he's like he's sorting other people's recycling, like look at these idiots, you don't put this in there, and like he's going through the sandbox at the playground, like knocking the sand off, but that's almost sort of heartfelt. I
0: think that's heartfelt. Like
1: that You're was right. a little bit of a clue that this man isn't such a son of a bitch. But um, it is it is a pretty dark movie early on, if you think about it. For most of the first half, half of the movie, Uvi is wearing his best suit and tie that he's planning on killing himself in. And that's where some of the comedy, the black I comedy come for, comes from. Is he, he never gets to kill himself. Like, he keeps n- on getting n- interrupted. Not,
0: not once, <laughs> not twice, not three times, but he... Is interrupted <laughs> four, t- four times,
1: and the last one is the best. The last one is the best, where he's got the shotgun and like there's the knock on the door, like oh, huh? and it just goes off like right by his face, and he's like rubbing <laughs> he his ear inside. when he comes out in his underwear.
0: <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? It's like oh, sorry, um, my father threw me out because I told him I was one of those gays.
2: <laughs> Can
0: he stay here? And I'm thinking like he has to be literally and only. The last person that they would even n- uh, try to call upon.
1: He tries to return Ultimate. the rope that he tried to hang himself
0: from.
2: It's that so is-
0: funny. <laughs> it's so <laughs> hilarious. Every single time that something goes wrong, like he he brings it around again to this dark comedy aspect where you know he goes back to Sonya and he's all like, "You can't even buy good rope anymore." And I'm thinking, you're talking to your dead wife about how you failed to kill yourself. It's so funny, and everybody's out to lunch, and how he can't even like you know carbon monoxide himself because the idiot can't read the manual for the ladder properly. It's so it, it's it's clever, and again, the honesty to which you can find almost like a release or a bit of a relief from how downtrodden this movie can be is is very very relatable.
1: So Nathan, uh, if I if you ever ask me to watch Ethan. I'm going to make sure I bring a full newspaper over and then make a show of whining oh, yeah. the back seat just to see Brooks reaction. Cause I know you're going to know what it is. You're going to, you're going to know that I'm just making a joke and she's going <laughs> to be like this son of a bitch. Like what? He can't sit in the back of our car.
2: So when, when he does that, it, it kind of reminded me instantly of, uh, big dad, was it big daddy with Adam Sandler? where, like, he doesn't know what to do, so he just is like... Uh, oh, yeah, he's put, it, yeah. I'll just put newspaper down on your throw-up.
0: Like, I yeah. don't know, like, soak it up, I And guess. doesn't he do that when he wets the bed, too? He just puts more <laughs> newspaper he's Crinkling.
2: it?
0: it. <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> dropped three points.
2: <laughs> but Oom is just... He's kind of like that, where... Because he never really, like, experienced... kind of like, uh, I don't want you to mess up my car and i don't know what you are capable of so let's just take precautions
1: and they're in there they're like it smells Uh, bad it's like kids. he just tried to kill himself he just tried
0: to kill himself i'm wondering like why does the mom not notice like the overwhelming smell of the exhaust in the car and she probably just thinks like oh maybe it's an older car but then again it would be very contrary to how he is because you know that car is in tip-top shape much like everything else in his life
1: so uh, i think pavara knew yeah a lot more
0: uh she i think pavara had encountered
1: lets... or had a family member that was very much like uve
0: she let she let that on like at the end of the movie when the nurse was saying he has too big of a heart oh, but I he's going to be he's going to be fine <laughs> and she laughs and says you Cannot kill yourself. You have the worst time of it, <laughs> and so it's Ironic know.
2: that he has oh, yeah. too big
0: of a heart,
2: because like it, the whole time, yeah. So the and that's no, not but, a good thing. But it's, but that's it's not a the like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> three and <times>. the Grinch's heart <laughs> grew
0: three sizes. <laughs> three
2: times. I so this movie. Let's bring it back. This movie, um, obviously. Uh, hit me in the gut and then kicked me in the heart and then in the balls and back in the gut and and there's numerous times in this film I was like keep it together Nathan keep it together don't don't cry ah! Ah, it's, coming! it's coming cause they oh god is this
1: another flashback no! oh god damn it it's another don't, flashback don't
2: go, the, don't go back <laughs> no more flashbacks <laughs> Is he is he building her a ramp? No, oh, and, and no! I think that, honestly, the the whole movie as a whole, like the wor- the 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 worst part of this movie is the ending, and it's only because it doesn't do the rest of the movie like the justice that it was. Like I think the movie really think, r- right. ramps up, you know, no pun intended, and it. Co- <laughs> Oh, that's bad. That's bad. But But um, it kind of, like, fails to really give the knockout punch that some movies that kind of delve epic, like The Odd Life of Timothy Green, which I was explaining to Drew right before the show, is a movie that, in my opinion, kills it at the end. Because it, as a spoiler alert for anyone that doesn't want to watch the tearjerker that fucking movie is... The kid, you know, is all the things that they want in a child because they can't have a kid. And so he is this plant and he has the he grows and he has these leaves on his leg. And as he changes someone's life, a piece of him, one of those leaves falls off and he gives it to them. And the last leaf, he he's the gives giving to tree the jack. family. God, no! It's because they've learned so much, and they're. T- it, anyways, it powerhouse punches the end. This movie. Go ahead. All right, all right. So,
1: this is what I have to say about that. Uh, and this Fuck is what I want to say to <laughs> to really any listener out there. No, 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 any listener out there who uh, has ever been or is currently, you know, suicidal or having suicidal ideation. Uh, and and it, it hits me the hardest, I think, when you hear about high schools do, doing it. But really, at any age, where it's like, just wait another day. Just wait a week. Like, wait six months. Wait a year. And you never know what and and I'm not a sort of what you would describe as a God-fearing man, but you never know what life may have inside. I'm not gonna say fate, but what life may have in store for you. So Uvi, in my opinion, you know, at the onset of the movie, he's six six months to a year of life left. Like his heart condition is going to kill him. At some point at the end of that, you know, eight or 12 months. But he wants to go today.
0: Well, he wants to be with Sonia.
1: He wants to be with Sonia. He's ready to go. He's going there and telling her he's on his way. He's bought the rope. He's got his best suit on. But life is telling him that there's still a little bit left for you. And there's still more for you to get out of this life. Mm -hmm. And. So I'd say that between the time that Uvi decides to kill himself until he dies of natural causes, you know, he was able to find something more than Sonia. It wasn't as good as Sonia, it will never be, but it was a life that he was happy with the, the, you know, the one moment when he had given them the, uh, the bassinet and then he's, he's stroking the cat's fur as he's falling asleep. Like he's slowly realizing that I don't have to go out and kill myself tomorrow. Like there's still more left for me here to do. There's still experiences that I could still be loved. Like those kids loved him. Pavara. They, call- they gave him a hug and him.
0: called him grandpa. Yeah. And she drew him a picture, and I love the fact that, like, you know, the mom is like, she always draws you in color. Like, the man who is, like, the embodiment of, like, dark and angry and grumpiness, he's the one in color. She sees the life in him.
2: What's funny is that she says, they always draw Why? you in color. And she doesn't and acknowledge says, it. Always? <laughs> and it's like, that, like, yeah, my kids constantly are drawing pictures of you, and you're always like, the bright part of their lives. And it, a little bit of foreshadowing of that where, and it's just, it's it's so heartwarming that he you can tell that he and that's what, Pavara actually sees it in him of like, you were, are gonna love these kids and I'm gonna give you that opportunity yeah. but you're, you're yeah, gonna babysit.
1: With the the uh, right older now, daughter right? with the video game and she's yes. playing like the engineering game and she's like, what do you think is most important? And he's like, well, water and and drainage, Dridge. and she's like, yes, Dridge. of course.
0: And infrastructure. and infrastructure. And he's like, yeah, well, duh. And, and they, I mean, you, you can see that he is now seeing hope for the future for mm-hmm. someone who, like him, or is gonna, just wanting to be an engineer. interest with another yes. generation.
1: And when uh, Pavara and the husband come home, and, like, he's installed the washing machine. <laughs> and cleaned and they, up. And cleaned up, and they come upstairs, and he, they're still playing the game with the older daughter, and the younger daughter is, like, Asleep. asleep. And he just, like... Turns like <laughs> doesn't know
0: what to do is just like just like she's asleep. She's she's asleep. I, I couldn't move. <laughs>
1: um, and and the scene when uh it's right before he dies, where he's driving Pavar's oldest daughter in his sob just like his dad used to this do. This is life with isn't the it? music played. Like this is life. Like, and it's that's something that he probably thought he would never, have. never be able to do. And you know, so that's, that's what, that's my takeaway from this. You know, if, if suicide, I think is is a very selfish thing, but a lot of, some people think it's, it's a necessary end for themselves. But if you just wait, I think they're, you know, and it's not, um, you know, n- not stick to the scriptures or, you know, the sun will always rise, but you never know what life will really have in store for you. And I think a man called Uve shows that the most. Uh, out of a lot of movies that you could probably pick.
2: Now, there would have been a really interesting thing had they done... Um, if they put the train um, that that Was it Thomas the Tank like big... just coming
1: through taking out <laughs> his dad? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Even, even better, even
2: better. I don't so, think so. <laughs> so the train has a big, like gash on its side, and right before it kills Ubi's dad, it says, Long live the oh, king. <laughs> and it plays the, the, the line key music, pom-pom, and he's like, Papa! Oh, this Scar the bossa. Train? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. Jeez. Uh, I, I do love... <laughs> but when it comes to brutal oh strength, God. I'm afraid I'm off the shallow end of the dream pool. I... <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Nathan you're so bad.
2: Sky the train. There's
0: there's even like a little bit of almost like not necessarily that they would even have predicted that Netflix would make a film like I care a lot. But you almost have a I care a lot moment with Rune. Like when the when the white shirts oh, are coming to That was
1: such a fucked up. Did we talked about were that coming, last episode I think a little bit.
0: Yeah. When they were coming to get him and the lady, the guys like uh you know uh he've been fighting this for 3 years and uh we're here to, you know, now collect him. And then it's it's shown that he's been extorting and he's been fi- siphoning money into like Cayman Island accounts. And he's then he's suddenly like taken away, which is interesting enough because he threatened he threatened Uwe to say like, you know, you want to take care of that heart of yours. And he's like, what do you mean about my heart? How do you know him about my heart? So it's either he's really researching him in order to collect on him, maybe call and put him in a care facility later on, or the white exactly. shirt the, or the white shirt is metaphorically representing death. Hmm. And it, it, well, like it death is death, death is coming for Uve because think of the white shirt every it destroyed almost everything that was like important to him it destroyed his house it destroyed his livelihood.
1: <sighs> and and Uve was the only person they knew that was like had the skill set like to Get in there, get the documents, and be that sort of obstruction to I, I think the he was process also that was trying yeah. to to take take it away. And again, without without Rooney, without that situation, like and I love that little scene where he goes to Rooney's to get the the hose that he's oh. gonna hook up. To his uh, his car to carbon monoxide poison himself. And he tells him I'm going
0: to join Sonya. He
1: tells Rooney because Rooney's there in a wheelchair and he he's nonverbal at this point and it's kind of slack jawed and he's like yeah you know this is what I want to do, and he gets up to go and even the wife beforehand has been like it's March you know you know you're you're not, you're watering now you're not supposed to water right now and he's like oh you you take care of your flow I'll take care of mine. <laughs> And he gets up, and and Rooney grabs the hose, and is just looking at him, just like, "Don't do this, don't no, oh, don't do this."
0: Two every chance it has to tug on your high strings, it will.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. I did really fuck with you guys at this movie because it, it does like at every turn, about every 10 minutes is like, who is this? Is this the process? Oh God. Okay. (laughs) Oh, here it comes. All right.
2: All right. I think the only big things that I think that I would have changed about this movie to kind of tie it up a little bit better and to hopefully end it on like a stronger note. One the person that tried to commit suicide on the train, or, or like, that fell... What
0: was with that uh, fall? That fall is weird.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, no, no. He, he like, okay, fainted. Right. He didn't commit suicide. The fall was
0: just he, weird for he me. He, like, fainted I, or something. I thought yeah. he was either faking it or he did faint. But either way, the fall was weird. <laughs> a be- I feel like a better way that, he could, that they could have
2: used that kind of someone falling in front of a train would have been... If he was kind of thinking, you know what, maybe I'm going to commit suicide, and then the gay kid gets on the track and is like, you know what, I'm going to kill myself, like my dad, you know, and so that's when he pulls him up and he's like, what are you doing? Like, you're going to, like, kill yourself? And he's like, well, yeah, like my, and that's when he explains to him, you know, well, my dad is disowned me, blah, 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 and he's like, no, 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 like, you're not going to, and then he realizes wait a minute i'm stopping this kid from committing suicide and here i am trying to commit suicide or even having the thoughts of it and really pushing those thoughts further and further away of don't be hypocritical you are saving people your help because he kind of does that at that moment the guy's like what are you doing get off the track yeah
1: my, my response to you nathan is that like Uvi comes to all these
0: realizations. Yeah, and something like like that would have also been not exactly counterintuitive, but it's also the dramatic irony for the audience, especially when the new neighbor is coming in and they're pulling in the trailer and he says, reverse radar, you're not allowed to reverse a decision, which is very poignant for him because he never stops to try and kill himself.
1: And they told him in the hospital that your wife is never going to wake up, but she does. Uh, or your wife can't work here because there's no ramp well fuck fuck. you i'm gonna make one and then like that you know and i like how they made it that uvi was not prejudiced like he never held pavara's iranian ancestry against her Uh, and the scene in the car where he's teaching her to drive and the guy behind her behind them is being an asshole she keeps stalling out and he's like you've escaped Iran and war and destruction and you've given birth twice now almost three an times idiot. and you married an idiot you can drive like put it in gear and pull off
0: this this isn't brain surgery and you know that like it kind of hurts her to hear like such blunt honesty towards her but then she kind of realizes like no he's right I can totally do this like I mean he's kind of being a dick right now but it's, it's in his own assertive Kind-hearted, you know, giant Uvi's Air Force way. way, and Uvi's it's it's way.
1: always in Uvi's way, and you know he he takes the bike to uh, be dropped off at the kebab place, and he doesn't tell. Of course, he doesn't tell Pavara anything about this, and so he brings the bike in, and the guy's like, "All right, thanks," and he says, "You know about the sootiness? Like, oh, you've got soot. Are you trying to look like a girl? Are you one of those gays?" And he doesn't when he when the guy says, "Yeah." I'm gay. He just goes, Yeah, okay. Okay. And it's 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 got nothing to do with it. It's it's when they come to his house and he came out and he's got nowhere (laughs) else to go because Sonia, he was a student of Sonia's and she always helped people. And he's like, even he's sitting there with in his wife beater and tidy whitey's holding a shotgun and he's (laughs) like, All right, come in.
0: I I do love like the breakfast scene next morning where, you know, he, he tells him like, oh, well, I have some cheese and toast going and I've already fed the cat and done the dishes. And he's all like, no, I need to do my rounds. He's like, no, come sit, have some coffee. And he's like, before my round? He's like, yeah, come sit down. And then he's like, you know, he's enjoying it. He's enjoying the company, and I love that scene where he's like, "Okay, well, I need to go my rounds." He's like, "Can I come with you?" He's all like, "It's a free country." And then they go walking, and then the like the the husky neighbor comes out and starts jogging with him and going on the walk. And I love the routine of like checking everything. He kicks the signpost. He the uh the the gay kid kicks the signpost. The fat neighbor <laughs> kicks the signpost. It's it's so cute. It's very cute, and I'm wondering like. For my first thought was like, are they doing this be- or is the neighbor doing this because, you know, they're kind of gathering as a community saying, like, let's keep an eye I on you. Th- th- I think it's we a think respect something's wrong. Thing. I
1: think they respect. Right.
0: And it is a respect thing because he's been there for what, like 40 yeah. years? And
1: everything he does is to the T. You know, like when they ask oh, if yeah. we could borrow the ladder. And he gives him, he gives Pavar and the husband the owner's manual. Like manual, d- does anybody really need a manual?
0: Obviously, to operate a ladder. Obviously. I don't know. He <laughs> he makes a point of it where he said like manuals are meant to be read, idiot. Oh, this Patrick. is why you fell and broke your
1: leg. I know they set that up later for him falling and breaking his leg. But for most people, Pavar's idiot husband aside,
2: <laughs> let's be honest, pavar wasn't holding the, the ladder at at certain points.
1: Even Pavlo acknowledges her husband's yeah. an idiot during the 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 trying to back the trailer uh, seated.
2: <laughs> she's
1: like, no, the other way, the other way. No, go! Don't you know how to drive? Oh, get get out! And like he throws throws the car in reverse, and he's cursing them out. And then he looks at the back, and the kids are
2: there. When when he takes her to the coffee shop and go dives into what I think is one of the best Mm. underlying parts of the movie that does not get enough like life. It it is a flower that should have blossomed into a whole garden of just the rivalry between the two of the friendship that is born. But yet there's this weird, um, difference between them of, Oh, like, is that your car? And it's like, yeah, like Volvo. And it's like, Mm Yeah, I'm a sob kind of guy.
1: <laughs> well, uh, Nathan, uh, PC, Master Race the over there, betrayal. Drew, PS, uh, PS, PlayStation, mm. me over here on the Xbox. Like, I, I feel like, uh, you know, like Nathan, like uh, GPUs are on a shortage. Uh, have you seen the new Xbox Series X? Uh, oh no, <laughs> never mind.
0: No. <laughs> I think it, it is kind of funny to see the difference with it. And, you know, I, I do love he's like a BMW. And I got the a Nintendo ultimate Switch. And the final betrayal. betrayal. <laughs> there it is. It all comes sp- <laughs> full...
1: Well, there you go. There you go. Oh, but I, I won't so want to.
0: <laughs> but he does make it up to him. He makes it up to him in the end. You know, he does come to his aid and he does bury the hatchet. And it is such a payoff where he's sitting and talking to him. He's like, you know, Rune... This is it's not like we we, our neighborhood anymore, like things are changing. But you know what? I think they're doing it for the better. And he turns and he smiles at him. And it's just Oh heart- yeah. fuck you, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um the scene
1: in the cafe where he takes Pavara to the cafe and she's like opens one of the doors to like look at the pastries <laughs> and he's like, No, 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 no I've no, got no, no. I've got what we need like that's me to a T if i take you someplace and i'm like this has got the this place has got the best fucking chili dogs or like you have to try the pizza here and you're like i think i'm going to get the submarine sandwich no. or the hamburger i'm like no 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 i have got i've already got no, what we no, need you're here. Not. like here we've no, this no, no, is no, no, a no, skyline no. three way like we're we're going to you let's got two here. conies and no, no, the no, hot no, sauce no, no. we're ready we're ready the lady will
2: have the mm-hmm. she cleans <laughs> <laughs> Sonia's gravestone and tidies up every time and it's every time and just like the way he is like I promise you like I'll 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 be there soon which I almost wanted to see a little bit oh. more of like more Sonia Sonia vibes telling him no stay more that you need to do
0: which but like, I think everything that's kept coming into play almost could have been, so like, you know, a reminder that, you know, Sonya is... I mean, Sonya even tells him, like, you know, we only... we either live or we die. And so, I think everything that's coming into play is really interrupting him and constantly having him say, like, I'll be back. I mean, if you, if you read the book, the fact that the cat comes into play, it reminds him of the cat that even killed itself <laughs> when Sonya died. It ran out in front of a car. And now he has this reminder of the cat that Sonya used to have which uh, this is a better explanation of like how the cat was found in the book, where you have the cat freezing out in the snowbank, and that's how it's retrieved. Not it's just randomly, just randomly attacked. I mean, cold. Yeah, you can you can assume it might have been attacked by the dog, but I don't. I mean, that cat I think could have fucked up that dog. Um, oh, no, I don't know. That cat pretty, uh, um, pretty j chill. Like <laughs> I well, I mean maybe, but I do love that dog.
1: I do on love the winter slabs again. I'll turn it into a winter shoe.
0: Winter <laughs> shoe. Sure. I love her picking up the cat and saying like, "Oh my gosh, let's let's get it inside." Not in my house. <laughs> I open the door. <laughs> when, there's there's well, a weird right, respect but, but, between um, them. They like
2: she knows when she like needs yeah. to push him into something, and he's just like, "Oh shit, yeah, okay, well, sure." But but then when he <laughs> like is is like ang- both of them when she's like, "Get out of my house!" Like I'm pissed at you. He's like, "All oh, right," but he, like
1: but the chips are on yeah. the table. Like I'm I I, I have to. Like I can't hold this shit back anymore, and she knows I have to like unload this shit. Like, why can't I pack up Sonia's stuff? And yeah, and now that you, you like, the, the scene to leading up to that when like they are they're joking and they're like like oh the, they're, the shoving they're, they're shoving they're shoving each the, yes. other and she's like I had a thought and he's like oh I hope you didn't strain yourself and
0: or like yeah quit bragging <laughs> quit boasting <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, but I I think. Before Uvi met Sonia, he was just untethered. Like he had lost everything anybody could lose. He'd lost all of his family. He'd lost his home. All he had was a shitty job cleaning drain cleaning trains and his dad's car. And his dad's car. But everything else was gone. But when he met her, he had something again. He was tethered again by Sonia. And when he when she died, he just was untethered again. So that's what I love the the sort of the the dichotomy of Uve is at the beginning of the movie. Most people are like, "This guy's just a curmudgeoning asshole." Well, no, he's not. He's actually a, he's got a heart of gold, and he would run into a burning house for you. Uh, but there is a reason right now why he's acting like this, and this is why
2: the bus um, scene. Uh, Because as soon as the the baby's kicking, I was like, "This is it, Nathan." I hope.
1: No, no, you're you're hitting the Catholic at me. Was like, good shit happened. Now here comes the bad shit. Just had
2: a great time, and it was the cutest thing that they like snuck food and then like had their own little dinner. Like, okay, you guys are. Freaking ad-
1: he's fixing shit around the resort like this hinge
0: is yeah. off. Oh, this is such a jack. The the fact that he had to he had to go to the bathroom on the bus to hide the fact that he was crying at something so beautiful as his own child like kicking in the womb like he can't show her like she knows that he has a heart and that he's a good guy. But he has to almost the keep way he appearance. asked her to
2: marry him. So good. Oh,
0: he's that's like, so I funny. got,
1: I got the the in I got the engineering degree after two years. And like, and he's sitting there and traffic's roaring by. He's like, I think we should get married. And she's like, Ask me calmly and clearly. And that's when like a uh, fucking like, like <laughs> another thing goes by, and he looks out the window like, How dare you interrupt this moment? He's like,
2: <laughs>
0: Will you marry me? <laughs> I think it's fine. It, it almost plays on their relationship like to a T. And I think it's so, so great for it. But yeah, I mean, again, it's it's like I said, it's his job story, and nothing damn, nothing good can come without having the balance of bad in his life. And I and I think that's kinda like how Nathan is saying that like the ending does not seem like it comes to fruition for him. Where I mean, personally, I think that it it plays out well. Despite the fact that you don't have some type of resolution for Uve, because it seems like his life is going to begin anew. We were just told that he was going to live his bad enlarged heart. He holds the kids the are calling baby him grandpa, he got them puts an them iPad. In, which PS,
2: that bassinet, not safe. Oh. That is not uh kid friendly. There's no way that kid will die <laughs> if it if it lives it stays in there. I'm telling you, right now. No. But it's a super sweet gesture. And <laughs> and he just, like, how he's holding him in that moment of, you know, but, he's like, this, this is going to have a, like, this bassinet is going to have a home. And I'm so happy that I get to see and right. hold the child that is going to, you know, use it.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it do, it does, but it does pay off though. Even even with his funeral, it does pay I off. I just funerals. want a
2: small, quiet
1: funeral with those who thought I pulled my weight. It was packed. It was packed. It was packed. Fucking like, Rooney's wife people. is dabbing tears off of fucking Rooney's face as the house comes down. Uh, but again, like Nathan, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think like in each of us, like there's a little bit of like illogical Uve that is salved by the person that you married there's a little bit of a logical shit that we all do that your partner's like all right like that's like
2: shh, shh. At the H- it's the okay. next HOA you're meeting you're fine the uh, <laughs> the uh patrick steps up and goes we have <laughs> signs railroads and western clothing <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna bring the Rolls and play it <laughs> tell me how he died no but I will tell you how he lived <laughs> I will, <laughs> I will tell, tell you how he, you how he lived, lived. <laughs> phantom, two. Right. Sob, phantom 2 and I even like the color perfect <laughs>
1: the, all these signs are on here this has been
2: a good conversation perfect <laughs> 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 Uh. <laughs> uh. Uh,
1: segments? Segments. All right. So, uh, segmentes. Uh, lunch. Ubi is infuriated by the notion that lunch is somehow, uh, or lunch somehow absolves a person or situation of its responsibility. Sorry, can't help, out to lunch. What is something in our society that rings a similar bell for you? Perhaps a social trend, some sort of media or device. What is it and why does it infuriate you?
0: I'll, I'll kind of take this and it, it, it's almost like a double-edged sword for me because I it, it can irritate the hell out of me, but I can also admit that I have used it to my own benefit. So uh, with uh, most social media and like texting, you can have like red receipts, right? Um I, I will fully yeah. admit that I turn off my red receipts. <laughs> As do so it can As be... do I. As do I. <laughs> so, it's, so it's totally an out to say, like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see the message. And so it can be irritating to get that from someone to say, like, hey, I didn't know that you had contacted me. I'm sorry I couldn't see this earlier. But it totally absolves you of any responsibility. And they can't prove that you even went and read it. So... I I understand the infuriation of it, but I also see a huge yeah, yeah, it's, perk. It has moments
2: where you're just like, oh, did you or did you not? Or what's worse is when you're in a group text with the same person, and they respond in the group text, <laughs> and you go, oh, oh, motherfucker. Oh, so you can get this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's another thing that, uh, it's an aside, it's not my answer, but the group text is like when there are more overactive people in the group text. And it's like mm. like a question or, or something has been positive yeah, and you need everybody's like responses, but that's buried by some asshole like fucking spamming memes like five times in a row. Like, well, now we're no not going to get any response because you spam these five memes and they're not going to scroll back that far. But anyway, David, go ahead. <laughs>
0: I'll stop sending memes, Jack. I'm sorry. Well, that,
1: that wasn't that wasn't meant for you. That wasn't meant for you. I
0: know. I just I thought that was funny because I know I do that a lot. So
2: I cannot stand when people use the hashtag bless <laughs> or or and 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 I grew up in the church, Drew. I know, so I know did you're I. Me Don't look at me like that. But when people say "God bless you." There is a point when I, I do an uve like I look because I, I, don't think they, yeah, and I think that it becomes a sign off, or when like, I have some tenants that are, uh, will, will be very upset that their their rent is late and I'm not removing their late fee. Um, well, thank you. Have a bless. You know, God bless you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You have a good day. You're not saying God bless you. You're saying fuck you. That is that's <laughs> what you're saying. You're not genuinely from the heart saying, hey, God bless you. Like I hope that God does the best for your life. That that He bestows blessings. Hashtag but ble- no, you are saying, man,
0: fuck you. They're pulling the Disneyland park attendants who point you in direction with three fingers saying, okay, if you go this way, that's where it is. When they're really like, oh, you don't know where it is? If you just go that way, you can... Yeah, sp-
2: yeah, yeah oh. no, it's... Oh.
0: Did you not know that? Yeah, if they point you with three fingers, supposedly the rumor or the like Disney the, secret? I guess like the insider knows... <laughs> the hidden Mickey? The Disney secret, the Disney park secret. They're really like the flipping Mickey you off. The the
2: three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Oh, man. <laughs>
1: Can we call can we call that a no. sticky bicky?
2: Oh <laughs> Woof.
1: Two in the direction, one in the stink. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Um mine is the uh the current perceived availability that most of us should should have at work. Uh so some of us when COVID nineteen hit. Uh, they got to work from home. Or maybe your job was always working from home. Uh, or some of us, like myself in healthcare, we were always essential. So we've been seeing patients this entire time. And so for the people that have continued to be out of the office, even though things are trending downwards with cases and things are getting better, um, I've had people send me emails uh with like er, like the urgent red flag attached and i'm sorry maybe it's just the past year but what you're asking for is really not that urgent mm. um i i could think of a number of things that are more urgent so there was one occasion a few weeks ago where i had gotten an email uh, and it had been sent at, uh, six in the morning, which I was already at the surgery center at six in the morning. Uh, and I did not leave the surgery center till about nine o'clock. And when I arrived back at the office, I already had a patient waiting for me. And when I was done with that patient, I had another patient. And after that, another patient. So I was seeing back-to-back patients. There was not a whole lot of time for me to sit down in front of my computer and answer emails because I'm working with these patients. I will get to your email towards the end of the day, but this person thought that their email really needed a priority answer. So I get a phone call on my cell phone from my supervisor saying, this guy really needs an answer. And it was something that, didn't It could have waited until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, this was not urgent. Uh, so I send him the answer to his email. And in the response to his email, I send, you know, all the urgency of your your request, I never got one phone call from you. Like, on my office phone, it shows me exactly who calls. And I as soon as I get back to my desk, I get... I answer my voicemails because if they if if a patient calls me they're having an issue you have to get on top of that so I had no phone calls I had no voicemails from you so let me ask you this if you urgently need to get a hold of the fire department would you email them (laughs) or would you call them you
2: message this so oh Jack yes. Yeah, because I'm oh, I'm tired
1: of this at this point. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very tired of this. So if, no, I, I if understand you Jack's urgent, point. I If agree. you urgently need something, then express that urgency in some other way besides clicking on a few keys and hitting enter and send. Because I can tell you that I've got a lot more urgent shit going on, and your bullshit is bullshit. Well played. Do we have I, I under, do we have disagreements? Do we have disagreements between the no, two? No,
0: I don't. I don't disagree with you at all. I do not disagree with you at all. From someone who works literally in the educational field, I get emails constantly. Sometimes, on average, I at least get about eight to ten emails a day. Whether that is also, and that's, that's not counting students. That's counting from administration. That's counting, that's coming from the district office. That's coming from other teachers. That's coming from special ed. That's coming from counselors. That's coming from parents. Did you say, did you say eight to ten? Eight eight to 10, just like on average, on average coming from all these people a day. And then if you count also getting emails from students where I'm going to tack on at least another 15. Minimum. 8 to 10 from each person or, like, 8 to 10 total? Like, 8 to 10 total. But mind you, like, each one is supposedly going to be, like, incredibly urgent. I get, like, a 100 emails a day. Say, Drew. oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hun- but yeah. what I'm saying is, like, I understand. I understand, like, the sense of, like, when someone is capitalizing and marking it as, like, stupidly urgent when obviously it is not. No, no, exactly. And it's, and it's and, not and something... If
1: if they'll level with me, and they'll be like, listen, dude, I need this for a report, I need by the end of the day, blah, blah, blah. But if you just fucking post up and put shit in red cap letters without giving me anything else, like, hell, buddy, I got a dozen other emails like that right now, like, getting lied. What do you want me to do?
0: Are you saying you get 100 emails a day, like, just specifically from your job? Yes. I, yeah, yeah, I get it. I probably wow. get it. Wow.
1: Yeah, so... so uh, I am I am delegated for about eighteen research trials. Like whether I am not running all of those, I am playing some part, whether masked or unmasked. So yes, I get over a hundred emails a day, and usually I, I set aside. I usually I set aside like a time and a place for that, because then you get into like the the email gangbang. Where it's like you send the response, and then me, it's like, oh, you got something for me? Yeah, I got something for you. Oh, here it is? Oh, yeah, here it is. Can you give me more? No, I can't get you give you more right now. There it is. <laughs> Does that make we any sense to you, emails Nathan? We
2: found in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Follow the email chain. <laughs>
1: yeah, no phone calls. Yeah, no phone calls. And that's the mo- yeah. most millennial thing is like, yeah, this is really urgent, but I'm not going to really like put much effort into getting a hold of you i'm just gonna send an email because
2: yeah that's
1: urgent well we well, calling
2: my, four you know. or five <laughs> times and not leaving a voicemail it, it's simple it's so simple leave a voicemail and then i can because a lot of times we screen calls and oh okay yeah i need to mm-hmm. get back to you it's an emergency got it i'm on it so next next segment.
1: All right. Uh, it was a coup. <laughs> Uwe uses his ousting from the housing association as a cross to bear. Have you ever been ousted or removed from a group, association, or otherwise been ostracized for just being you?
2: I have. Okay. Yeah. You want to go first? I'll take Um. One. So I was in a band. Uh, I've been in many bands, but this was a very special band to me uh, because I was a co-creator and um, felt a a big sense of, uh, you know, pedigree. Uh, I felt honored. I was the bass player. And we were called Forever Last Day. This was in the uh, the vein of three-word band names. Um. That's when, like, that was all the rage. Like all time low, newfound glory. You know, that's that's that's, hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and rage those, against. I, 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 oh, I, like, no, that's I like all time common, low. Uh, to have three names. There was a gentleman that um, was than I and uh, had much more freedom in the world. I was not the readily available person. Um, because my parents cared about where I was and that I wasn't partying and stuff like that, so uh, this this other guy was a bass player and was just more appealing, and so I got kicked out of the band. I, I returned fire, because one of my good, good friends, uh, my, one of my best friends at the time, was the lead singer of the band, and... My retaliation for this uh, being kicked out was to start my own band. <laughs> and it was it was the most, like, pathetic, like, uh, But it was, like, very, Fuck you. You kicked me out. Like, it was like Atlanta Morissette meets, uh... Is, is, is this, <laughs> uh, uh,
1: Forgetting Sarah Marshall and you're just strumming your guitar while eating... Eating cereal out of a gigantic yes. bowl.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so it wasn't my wasn't my fondest of memories, but yes, it <laughs> happened and, and it was a coup. <laughs>
1: well, Drew, do you want next or you want me to take next? Uh so when I first got to uh old Man. Bakersfield, <laughs> California, it was uh the autumn of two thousand and eight. and take next. And uh, by uh, Early winter 2009, I was going stir crazy because I had no friends, uh, and I needed some sort of social outlet. So I had stumbled upon Meetup.com, and Meetup.com you could find different various meetups, and I was looking for a role playing or gaming meetup, and there was none, or actually there was one, but it was, uh, it was. Ran by some people that I weren't, weren't doing a very good job. So I made my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met a great guy. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, just, you know, we'll all meet up at my place. We'll play some Dungeons and Dragons or try to get groups together. Or if we can't get groups together, we'll have like a monthly, like, you know, game night meetup. And that's how it started. I met a lot of people through there, and in fact, I probably would have met uh, Drew through there if it hadn't been for that meetup. But that's uh, yeah, that's really neither here nor there. But
2: which then led you to meet exactly, me, right? exactly. That's-
1: so my version of a game night is like games and beers. Like you have some fun, you have some beers, you play some games. Uh, but that this also brought in a lot more of a wholesome crowd where they like, we're going to bring our kids and we're going to play some games, uh, which is fine. Uh, you know, they, you keep the kids inside and the adults will will be outside and we'll, we'll do that. Uh, but there was a, a, a split where really they didn't want any sort of nefarious activities taking place during this meetup. And so they they told TJ who you guys have both met both met TJ at this point. And uh I I overheard this conversation. Uh and they're like is there any way that we could uh stop inviting uh Jack and his friends to these meetups. And TJ's response is still my favorite uh, and it was well Jack made the group. Uh so no. Uh but uh it sort of split uh, it's like the the star trek uh like the the original timeline split into the kelvin timeline where they started having uh game nights where they did not invite us to any of those and it was just more family <laughs> friendly and it was uh, yeah and, and and that's okay that's fine that's fine I, I mean if you bring anybody like cody to a game night like was, was that kind of yeah, like the game night gonna, that you're gonna i rub some shoulders Anna? You know, you're, okay. you're gonna, got some sharp elbows there. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was that. Uh, that was my, uh, I was ostracized to a point from that. Yeah. Even though I started the goddamn thing. But, uh, oh well.
0: Um, so I, I was kind of thinking of like when I was in high school, I, I, like, I was I was kind of like a nice little uh, angsty, emotional teen, and I was going through, like, some rough stuff, so I was very down and depressed, like most teens are. But my down and depressed mood was really, like, bringing my friends down, so they literally stopped inviting me to things. That was kind of, like, what I was going to go deep dive into, and that would just kind of reminded me that... So, I, too, once used to play d uh, with a group of friends... And simply because of either miscommunication or the certain individual's own prerogative, um, I was literally outed from that group. A uh, as I was told, a fatwa was put upon me. <laughs> and uh, does the
1: does does the game leaders group rhyme with
0: Ryan? Only if only if they have their own house rules that always have to be implemented. And regardless if you have purchased the uh, the handbook or not, so yes,
1: that's, that's yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I see. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, p- uh, the, the fatwa <laughs> is what uh, gave it away. Thank you, Drew, for remembering that. <laughs> that's hilarious. So yeah, I was I was ousted from a D and D group um, as well as Jerry. <laughs>
1: yeah that, well this was my secondary story i didn't know who was gonna go first Oh so no, and that's this fine. was my shaved knuckle in the hole is okay. ostracision <laughs> yep. because i was also ostracized yep. for that group we were for pretty much the same thing like what we we all bought the 50 r- rule book i mean it was there was we're that to use that rule we're not gonna use the rule book okay.
0: and it was and and jack and i are like we're both outed from the group for missing sessions but some of those sessions, we were told that it was... we wa- weren't told about. We were told they
1: made so it was like it was it was fuckery. <laughs> they they were like, all right, we'll uh, we'll do a Sunday good. session. And then Monday, you guys are out. <laughs> well, nobody told us. We, no there one was a told game us session. we
0: had a game session. Oh well, you guys missed the last game session. You told
1: us. Well, you-, you told us you don't like Sundays. Yeah, I may not like Sundays, but you didn't tell me. Right,
0: and you and and you also and you also told us that uh, it was canceled because you know, you had a thing to do. Little to know, we find out that he canceled to go on a date, which actually never even happened, and he ended up having the session anyways, didn't tell us that he put it back on, and that counted against us to be kicked out of the group. Those
1: car maniacs, Drew. (laughs) Car maniacs. They just, they drive through their posted signs, and they just drive on through, smoking their cigarettes, throwing them out. (laughs) All right, next, uh... Oh, wait, no, we still have more to go. Yeah,
0: Pavaros rice.
1: Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Uh, Pavarov's rice, um, and so uh, Pavara, uh, she makes Uvi some leftovers, uh, which she offers him, uh, and he, uh, of course, says, no, I don't want them, and she says, well, then we'll just throw them away. Uh, but that forces Uvi into accepting them because Uvi can't stand for waste. So what is a food you once wholeheartedly turned down on several occasions and now that you have tried you finally like tried it, you can't imagine doing it without. Uh, this could be doing it without uh once or twice a year, this could be something more
0: uh f- frequent. Momingo? go do you want me to go yeah. first? Oh, okay. I just went the first, day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so I when I was younger, I I did not understand nor could I uh and I tried it once and I was like, "Uh, no, 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 I'm not going to I'm not going to try this again." Um sushi. I just I I did away with sushi mm-hmm. much like the same case where when I was younger, I hated tea and now I can't get enough of tea. But um sushi in this case like I I absolutely love sushi now. I Will save it for like an occasion where I'm like, you know what? It's time, it's time to treat myself. And I'll order myself like a big old thing of sushi. And, uh, and you know, the next day, and I'm like, oh man, that sushi was so good last night. Wake up the next morning, and I'm like, there's still more sushi. I'm coming back to you, baby.
1: <laughs> What's your, uh, what do you have a, a favored fish for your sushi?
0: So you can't go wrong with some fatty tuna. Quite honestly, you can't go wrong with some fatty tuna. I am also, Pretty keen on like the soft shell crab, which is in like the spider Mm roll. So they like they fry up the crab and that's tucked into it, but also on the tail ends, you get to like munch on the body of the crab that's been fried up and chopped in there. But if I have to say something that's like just near and dear to my heart that I really, really love now, I love unagi eel. Oh, I love me some like braised and broiled eel just like where all the fat seeps out of the top, and then they coat it in that sauce, top it with a little masago and some green onion. Yeah. Mm. See, I've got an
1: issue where, um, like, I'll get down with all the esoteric sushis, but I adore salmon sushi so much. Uh, and I hate cooked salmon. The only way I will eat salmon That's is interesting. raw over sushi. There's just something about it um uh yeah lox,
2: so anyway, lox and bagels you know if you do some, some salmon on i and i think that's, that's a
0: very different case for it yeah. but yeah lox is delicious yeah
2: my uh are y'all done Drew? yeah oh, okay yes i am uh my uh thing that just there's something about it i don't know my mom made so I kind of read this wrong.
1: If you say Pepsi, I'm <laughs> going to, to to find you murder. So,
2: my mom used to make these rolls and still does. And I remember for some reason, like the first time, I was just kind of like, "No, like I'm." It was a long time ago. Uh, she made them, and they they had sauerkraut. Uh, or they had it was called they're called kraut burgers. Where it's sorry, it's not sauerkraut. Ooh. It's um, it's chopped cabbage, meat, some onion, and it's like inside this uh, this like a bun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I bit into it and I was like, oh, um, no, it's not my style. I, I'm I'm good. And she would make these French rolls that were the same thing, but not with the kraut, you know, burger part in it. And for a while, I was like, no, I don't want any of that. And they're like, no, no, it doesn't have any of the stuff inside of it. It's just delicious bread. I'm like, no, I'm good. (laughs) So when I finally got back to it, like, going, yeah, yeah, I'll try this. Hallelujah. And so, (laughs) and I have relatives that would question my mom, like, did you bring the rolls? Like, you made rolls, correct? Yes, I made two trays. Uh, okay okay just want to make sure there's there's
1: you're allowed in it was in such
2: in. a hit and it's kind of weird that i for a second i didn't like it just because it had something was not um was not what i was into now my hmm. my mom makes me some kraut burgers and they're delicious and sometimes mm. just straight up rolls mm-hmm. those french rolls are amazing
1: No, I like it. I like it. Um, For me, it is uh, funky seafood. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest where we were only really exposed to freshwater fish. You know, trout, Uh, catfish. You know, crappie, uh, that sort of thing. Mm. Orange roughy, crappie Mm. sticks, Mm crappies, crappies. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Uh, some bass and stuff like that, but. Initially, like when we would go down to the coast on vacation, or we'd go to like a seafood yeah. restaurant, I hated going to seafood restaurants because there was nothing on the menu that I wanted. Like yeah, nothing good, and I end up getting like like f- fucking fried shrimp, fried tr- <laughs> fried shrimp or some shit. Which like fried shrimp is like, if unless you have an allergy, anybody will eat fried shrimp. It's delicious, uh, but branching out more and more mm. squid ink pasta oh oh my god gimme raw oysters i'll take them by the dozen if you guys ever had sea urchin or uni yes. Get, i'll i will take that any way shape or form uh, but we just never had access to that so when it was finally had the access it was a lot of uh, uh, uh. But now when I get to those restaurants, like I, it's sort of like I'm showing up at a uh, a cat house, like a Nevada cat house. And it's like they, they want to trot all the girls up, but I just tell the, the, the madam, like, no, like, this is what I want and this is what I want and you're going to give it to me. She's like, all right, Sarah and Trish oh.
2: head that way. Man, man knows what he wants. <laughs> Boom. Done.
1: That's right. Or uh, when we were in Hawaii, uh, they had a at the one seafood place uh, that was sushi. It was uh, king crab ramen Ooh. with a truffle butter broth. Ooh. And you could see the flecks of the truffles in the broth. And uh, I took one look at that. Like, I had seen it on the menu, like, days before we made the reservation. I told Anna, like, I'm going to be doing that. And uh, she looked at me afterwards and she's like, Was it all you had imagined it would be? And I I, I still, my nipples get hard thinking about that <laughs> truffle butter prop. But anyway, unctuous, yes. Uh, so the last uh, segment, Etu Uve. Out of all of Uvi's uh, host of idiosyncrasies, uh, did you happen to see a bit of yourself reflected back at you? If so, tell us what. I'll go first. Uh, I saw a lot of myself reflected back at me from movie this, and maybe that's why this movie resonates with me so much. Uh, a lot of it, uh, the driving aspects. So, let's say that you turn right. Onto a street, a three-lane street. And you know that in three blocks, you're going to have to turn left. Me, in my mind, I'm going to turn right into the center lane. And then the last block, I'll merge left so I can get to the left-hand turning lane why is it that I see so many people that suddenly like emergency? Oh shit. (laughs) Get over all the way from the right lane into the left hand turning lane. And then they don't even get into the left hand turning lane. Their ass is still hanging out into the other lane. Like that shit pisses me off. I
0: had that happen today.
1: To no end, to no end it pisses me off. Or like if you see me, in the left lane on the highway and it is a seventy, which it is, you know, before you hit the grapevine, and you're doing seventy two, and you could obviously do that I'm seeing seventy-eight, yeah. that you don't get over and let me pass. Like, that's the most Californian thing ever is like, <laughs> fuck them. I'm going fast enough. They can get over. Uh, folks, if you ever come to California, the unofficial fast lane is the lane right next to the truck lane. Uh, you get over. You could just blast right up past all these clusters of assholes who are all stuck behind the same person. They're and they're all, all going, what the fuck? Why aren't they going anywhere? Because they're all assholes.
0: They're all assholes. <laughs> So that's, sure. that's it. Y'all yeah, go, yeah. So um, I think, un- unfortunately, and it, it doesn't resonate well with myself, especially for the occupation that I am in. But uh, something that Uwe is expecting of everyone is kind of the expectation of knowing how to do certain things. Or, like, you know, they should have either accomplished it by this time or they definitely should have the knowledge in order to do it. Whether or not this woman, you know, you know, uh, Pavra has her driver's license, she should definitely know how to like maybe drive a car, right? But she doesn't, and that infuriates him. Or the fact that no one knows how to like use the ladder, or can't read, or has to like ask uh, like asinine questions like that can resonate within me very much easily, much to my disdain, uh, especially for my occupation, but. That's that's an easy frustration for me to understand, and I totally get it. It's it's not a good thing. I don't think it is. It's not a good thing. But uh, yeah, that's something that's that's very much there. I, I saw in him and me. So do it, Nathan.
2: Uh, we all watched Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. There is a very good reoccurring joke that that was in this movie or in the show, and that is when Stannis corrects grammar. <laughs> and and so as as uve has just like drew was saying has that like kind of like you're here you should know this like i'm i'm not gonna cut you slack just because you're a different ethnicity like i'm not gonna cut you slack just because like you're a younger jet you know you're younger oh you don't know yet like no you should know you should read the, you know or i will tell you and if you still continue to do it, I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to, like, hello, do you not get this? So I often correct grammar, too, as well. Even though I'm not always the best to, you know, display grammar uh, perfectly. However, there are some very layup, we shall call it, uh, things like scene and saw. I work with some coworkers, uh, of a different ethnicity and, oh yeah, I seen that, but saw and I'll say it (laughs) and I, I've calmed down quite a bit lately, but I used to have, I drew one time a handsaw and as they're talking, I would just lift it up. (laughs) Sorry, saw, whatever. No. Because Yeah. To me it was like you're not you're not trying. You're not here and I get it. It's (laughs) it's easy to do. It's easy to fall into a pattern and once you're taught that way, or it's the slack is you've learned enough English, you're fine. You you you're close enough. Sure. But why not? work to do better when someone corrects my grammar I go oh thank you instead of well sure uh, there and when and then or than and then I'm always in my head going which one do I use right now but plenty of times people don't give a shit out and present well that's a great email I'm glad you marked it urgent
1: uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sons of bitches! You don't call the fire department. You you, you, you not send it. a goddamn email to them. You call them.
2: So yeah. Uh, uh, Jack, is there any uh is there any Patreons that that we would be Patreon. incorporating?
1: Yeah, it's a oh. uh, this is a free one. It's a freebie oh. for everybody out there. Uh, this is a, uh, a do-better-buyer-man. Um, so the next time you are at uh, the grocery store or you know, a retail store of some kind, uh, and you see a, an old elderly person, um, first of all, Maybe ask them if the situation seems appropriate. If uh, and and yours is as well. If if maybe you're just getting uh, a handful of items. If if they would like help out with their their stuff, or if you see somebody struggling in the parking lot loading their their uh, groceries, you know, hey ma'am, can I help you with that? Uh, but mostly, if you're in that situation, just. Uh, or, you know, they're waiting to check out. They're next in line. They haven't checked out yet. Uh, ask them how their day is. Um, that makes a lot of difference. I work with, uh, in my line of work, a lot of elderly people. And most of them just want a chance to have a conversation. Because for for a lot of them, it's just an endless series of doctor's appointments. Um or their kids, and this, that, and the other thing, and nobody actually asks them, like, "Hey, you know, what are you reading? Have you seen anything fun on TV, or just how are you doing?" Uh, so, folks, um, you know, these are people too. Uh, much like Uve, uh, I think you'd be surprised uh, if you engage them, even only for a few seconds. And I guarantee you. Uh, they would be yeah. talking about for weeks later about the nice gentleman or person that they met at the grocery store that, uh, you know, picked uh, picked the pen they dropped off off the floor and and asked them, uh, oh, were those pictures of your grandkids I saw in your wallet? You know, something like that. So that's a uh, free make Patreon. Anybody can do it anytime, anywhere, anyplace. Mm. Yeah, make it happen. Just, uh be a little more social. You know, we've all got masks on, but uh, we all got eyes. So, uh, make some eye contact and uh ask people how they're doing. Um, how would you guys rate this movie, Man Called Uve? Well, rate this movie, a
0: Man Called Uve. Can I can I interject just real quick? And since we were since course, we were on Patreon, I want to give a nice shout out to Nerd Revert over on Twitter Ooh. who became Patreon-let. one of Patreon-let. our newest Patreons. Whee-whee. He uh he <laughs> yeah he joined up on the uh, the couch potato tier at five dollars and uh yeah, uh super fun to get just a, a random patreon you know joiner
1: Did I know about this? I, I feel like uh, Nathan and I are sitting here and it's just like And Drew's like, that's no
2: orcorn. <laughs>
0: It's just—it's kind of interesting. I mean, like within like a but month's time, we gained two new patreons, <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> I will pledge just one of them. It's—it's it's just fun. I—I I love the fact that we're getting new people who are, you know, loving the show and apparently what we're doing. Two subs, we're, we're doing some good, folks. We're doing some good. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I just. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <All laughs> welcome. <will> <laughs> So just a a big shout out to uh, Nerd Revert over on Twitter for uh, joining us up on Patreon. So now some early access, some sweet Patreon swag or we're Real Phil's swag, and uh, yeah, just excited. I mean, and obviously the Real Phil's Patreon exclusive episodes upcoming, folks. Kids sports movie draft is still yes. coming.
1: Oh God, I'd forgotten. Oh that. no,
0: Nathan hadn't forgotten. It, he was—he's still waiting for Just doing it. Doing my research, baby. Because. My research. Because he, I mean, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, in preparation for this, uh, did was I excited for it? You bet your ass. Did I buy a copy of Sidekicks? Mm. Fuck yes, I did. So. <laughs> Barry. Barry! Yeah. <laughs> Chuck
2: Norris so,
0: <laughs> Norris so this is going to be it's going to be good it's uh it's coming it's in the works don't everybody worry I have like It'll a flood
2: happen. of quotes from that movie that are just surging up right now I'm like oh, oh, stop
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was a firefight there fight.
2: was a firefight There is was he doesn't compete anymore. You know why? Because I would kick oh, his geez. ass. So, oh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway, okay. But back to ratings. Ratings. Um, this movie, again, I think was a, a good, the, the first time I watched it, great, wonderful. The second time, the ending, that's when I started kind of like critiquing the ending more. and I'm like, mm, it could have been a little bit better. Um, so as Uwe tries to kill himself, uh, that was four times, correct? Four times.
0: Four times. I am giving this movie.
1: Noose, noose,
0: car, shotgun. I'm gonna give this. Oh, no, 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 no. Noose, car, shotgun, train. Does he try to? Oh, you're right. He. Yes, he's standing on the tracks. He stands there for a sec. He's no, gonna right. die. Else, and that, that, is that was there. the whole purpose of going there anyway. The point being is that every single time that he's going to kill himself, it's interrupted. So yeah, the guy off the track who's yelling, "I'm saying, like, are you an
2: idiot? Get up here!" You know the the train. He he sees his father's like impression. He goes, "Ben, Ben, come on, come on, Luke, Luke, it's too late." Like the guy, like trying to get him up. No, the, that one didn't work. Never mind. Okay, um, I would give this one uh, four out of five. The the ending. Just, just Mark shy of it and uh, from it being a just a phenomenal movie. But, again, great, great watch. Everyone, I highly recommend uh, a watch through of this. Even through the, the subtitles, great. Uh, it's... It, yeah.
1: yeah. But without the... Oh. Drop my phone with without the subtitles. You wouldn't get Ubi's narration. You wouldn't get his voice. His and 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 some of the majesty of like is is Ubi's, especially older Uvi's (laughs) just angry narration and his harumphing. You know the rest of them could probably be uh, you know dubbed all right, but. you couldn't do it without Uvi's actor, which, which by the way, let me hit it real quick. Uh, so it's uh, Rolf Lasgard who played older Uvi, uh, Behar Pars played uh, Parvana, uh, Ida Engvold played Sonia, and then uh, Philip Berg played young Uvi. And I feel those are the only people that you need to really uh, be too worried about. This box office—it doesn't say what the budget was, but it was twenty-nine million. What's the box office haul? Which I feel that this movie was probably made yeah. for peanuts. Like th- this is probably uh, Tremors territory.
0: So the movie itself had a budget of three hundred thousand dollars, which is actually pretty typical. <laughs> oh, there so, you go. so it's typical for a um a, a, a Swedish film. It made. Let me. I think I wrote it down. Either way, it made it made like fifty four million dollars worldwide.
1: All right, I must have been looking at one other one.
0: I could I could be wrong on the stats, but that's what I thought that I had looked up. Yeah,
1: because Wikipedia twenty nine point four, but that may not be gross domestic or gross global.
0: But uh, anywho, oh sorry sorry sorry. Uh, Here it is. Sorry, this is what I'm seeing. Okay uh opening weekend uh and this i think this is just for the u.s the opening weekend was like fifty four thousand dollars the the gross in the u.s was 3.4 million cumulative worldwide not 54 my apologies 30.6 million yeah but either way out of a budget of 300 million to gain that yes that's quite a success
2: well
1: done well done uh for my rating uh so there are Uvi thinks he's got nobody left. But he's got ten people. He's got uh, Pavara, the husband, their two daughters, and even when he puts the baby and the baby's kicking up and smiling at him. I'm gonna count that. Uh and then you've got uh the chubby neighbor, the bike guy, the RPG big guy and Rooney and his wife. That's ten people that if you if you ask them do you want Uve to live? They'd say yes. So I'm going to go 10 out of 10 on this because I I discovered this movie. I it was one of those shots in the dark like all right, we'll get this weird Swedish movie try that only had a fat gray gray-haired man as its its poster boy. And it's a movie that I least watch once every other month. Like if wow. if I need a movie that I need to cry and I've watched Interstellar a few too, t- too many times. <laughs> you can bet your ass a man called Uwe is, uh, is going to be Johnny on the spot for that. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a great film. Uh, it's not just about the, the, uh, you know, it, it will make you cry, but it's not just about that. It's just a great human condition story that I think a lot of people would benefit from no matter what their spoken language is
0: right I and I I would give it uh four and a half out of five wow. little hugs from those girls to Uve and I, again it's it's a very honest film Papa
1: Uwe. oh they
0: called him grandpa and I'm just like it's breaking my heart I, it's an honest film I think it's very loving and it, I I think again like you've multiply gone over Jack like a lot of people can see themselves in these characters in this story it's not something that's completely foreign it's not something that's going to be isolated to a single person it's very very relatable um I, I get just like Nathan said highly recommend highly recommend for people to watch this film
2: the, uh, the Ebenezer Scrooge and him at the end is singing "The love we found." Oh God! The, the love, love we found.
1: We found. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch, uh, Michael Caine. I'm <laughs> <How> about <you?
1: laughs>
0: And guys, don't forget that you can always find us up on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. You can search for us up on Facebook for the RealFeels Podcast, or send us an email at RealFillsPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, we would always love for you to send us a voicemail. We'd love to hear everybody up on the Tooch line. If you want to send us a voicemail, please give us a call at 661-376-0030. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, you can always leave a five-star review up on Apple Podcasts. The more reviews that we get... The more that we are sending the feels out there to everyone in the universe. Also, don't forget to wait after the show. There is a trailer for a special, special event coming up, put on by Nicholas Haskins, formerly of the Epic Film Guys, now of Nikolai's Kitchen, and it's for the live stream for the Cure. So Nick, Justin, and Loy Sauce from the Epic Film Guys among many, many other podcasters are going to be collaborating together to bring you yet another year of live stream for the cure, raising money for cancer research. And myself, your very own host Drew is going to be back again for hashtag moonshine for Drew, where I'll be taking a shot of moonshine for every $1,000 that we raise. Hope to see you there coming up in May.
1: But uh, anyway, this has been our uh, our disability pick from the Bilbo Grab Baggins, Uh Season four? Yes. Fellowship of the Feels. Uh, thank you for joining us. I'm
2: host Jack. I'm host Nathan. I'm Drew. And you're the realist. And the feelist. No, Jack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the fifth annual Livestream for the Cure. To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick.
0: Over the past four years, the Livestream for the Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute.
2: That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune
1: in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make
2: a difference.